You know, when you look for a job, you want to make sure you got the right people that you are working under. Today on the Rising Coaches Podcast, we get the opportunity to speak with a former NCAA Division I coach, Coach Gary Waters. Coach Waters brings 40 plus years of coaching experience to the podcast today while making various stops at Ferris State, Eastern Michigan, all on assistant positions, including Kent State, Rutgers, and Cleveland State as a head coach. Coach Waters had crowned multiple regular season and tournament titles in the MAC and Horizon Leagues, including winning a variety of MAC and Horizon League Coach of the Year awards. Please welcome Coach Gary Waters. Video analysis is expensive and your budget probably isn't getting much bigger. Fulcrum Tech is here to help. Used by basketball teams at all levels from Division I all the way to high school, their Angles product is very similar to what you know and allows you to code, capture, and analyze with ease. All you have to do is import the raw video and synergy with just the click of a mouse. Over the past two years, over 60% of Division I teams and conferences such as the SEC, Pac-12, American, NBC, and A-10, just to name a few, have made the postseason, all while using Fulcrum Tech and saving thousands and thousands of dollars compared to their old companies. Reach out to Fulcrum Tech on X at Fulcrum Tech or their sales at sales at fulcrumtech.com. Just shoot them over an email and be sure to mention if you are a Rising Coaches member. Do more, spend less with Fulcrum Tech. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Rising Coaches Podcast. I, every time we start this, I always feel like I get this big smile every time. I get so excited. So I'm trying to hold back my emotions. You got, you got Doug Caputo, Alan Major here. And today we are speaking with a legendary former NCAA coach, Coach Gary Waters. Coach Waters, what's going on? Everything's good, Doug. It's great to be here. Thank you, Coach. Good to see you again, man. Yeah, same Welcome. with you, Alan. It's really, it's really fun. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's gonna, it, and it's gonna be. So, yeah, we're, we're glad you're with us. Well, you know, when you, when you know, once you get out of coaching, and, and you really never get out of coaching, but once you get out, you seem like you know everyone has forgotten you. So, when someone calls you, say, "Hey, let's get on a podcast," I'm ready to go. <laughs> That's right. There you go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, to give you an idea. Um, and anybody listening, we're going to take the, the steps throughout the day. We're going to go over your journey, your experiences, kind of what got you to where you are now, um, your career. And then talking about like, especially for you, since you were a head coach at various schools at a couple different schools, we kind of want to touch a little bit about that, you know, how that was and some, some facts about that. And then at the very end, we'll get into a final segment, some quick hitters and a final question to wrap it up. And just to kind of get to meet who you are as a, as a person to start things off. You started your career in the NCAA at Ferris State as a player and then ultimately proceeded to the other side of the lines as an assistant coach. And I always love to hear people's stories of how it was to go from a player to a coach, especially because, you know, some of those guys that you played with, you now have to flip the script and completely yell at them. So I'm I'm curious, you know, (laughs) I'm I'm curious how they took that, but then how that was for you in your role, like to be able to transition. Well, you know, like you said, I started at Ferris State, and uh, at the time, Ferris State was NAIA, and back in back in those days, uh, and I mean, this is back in the day now, <laughs> uh, and this was, you know, when we were when we were just beginning things. This was in the early '70s, late '90s. 
Um, many of us didn't go to uh, uh, major universities. And it wasn't because we, we didn't have the ability or we didn't have the academics. It's just that wasn't the time and during the process. So, yeah. uh, you know, I give you an example. You take George Gervin, who was at, uh, at Eastern Michigan. At that time, Eastern Michigan was NAI. <laughs> I mean, and then they went to Division Two, so people didn't realize how good. I mean, this, it, what this was all about. And you were mentioning, you were mentioning Ferris State. We went to the NCAA. We had a pretty good team, and literally had three guys that got drafted off that team. And we went into the NCAA tournament. And I'm gonna, and I'm just clarifying. What what I'm trying to say here. Uh, back in those days, you know, the, it's the 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 tournament was really a competitive tournament, and uh, the NAI, be exact. I remember we went to uh, we played in the first round. We ended up playing uh, uh, a pretty good team. We ended up winning that game, and then we went to the second round, and uh, we 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 played uh, a team out of New Orleans, and they had Lloyd B. Free. Uh, no, no, they, they had. They had slick watts on it. This is how this is the talent level. And then who played in the championship game was Lloyd B. Free and ML Carr. So <laughs> I tell you, this is this was some times during then, but it was you know it was, it was fun and it was competitive, and uh, all the players that competed during that time didn't care what level they were at. They just competed. And uh, and it was it, it was a lot of fun back then. Today, you know, it, it has changed. <laughs> and you you a little bit, a little bit, slightly. <laughs> it has changed immensely. And uh, that's right. And, and what's going on? And you're talking about like a school like Ferris State. You know, that's a pretty unique school today. You know, back then we competed. We did certain things. Uh, we went to the NCAA. I mean, went to the NAI tournament, the national tournament. But then when I coached. I coached with a person by the name of Jim Wink, and he was the all-time winningest coach, not only at Fair State, but in the state of Michigan. He was, I mean, he was really a special human being. And I consider him the ultimate character coach. Now, I mentioned that name, character coach, because my book out is called 10 Principles of a Character Coach. And and he and I and I had I mentioned him in the book because he was that. I mean, he was unbelievable. And uh, he took us to the he took us to the uh, the NIT. But then when we moved over to the NCAA, we went there as well, and uh, and we were very competitive. And then when I started coaching, I he, it was the first job I had with him, you know. And he made a decision, say, hey, you want if you want to coach, you you can come with me. And and when I when I did that, you know, I, I questioned what what I wanted to do in my life. You know, I graduated in business and business administration and uh, and my whole mind was set to go out eventually one day and get into business. When I played, though, I got drafted by the Pistons. So I went there and then when it didn't work out, I went overseas for a year in Spain. And I said, man, this is this is what I want to do. <laughs> you know, then during those times, uh, you played outdoors and all kinds of stuff. And I said, right, right. This is what I want to do. Dude. Shooting, shooting, free th <laughs> shooting the free throw and a bird landing on your head. You know? <laughs> so, you know, I, I ended up coming back to Ferris State. And, uh, I, you know, on my way back, even from uh, Spain, I had I sat down and I had a conversation with the Lord. I said, you know, you know, what do you want to do in your life? And I and I talked to him and I told him I wanted to transform lives. 
and he said, and then I said, and I would like to do it in in in, the, in, in sports. And uh, and I and and he he I tell you, I'll never forget this conversation he and I had. He said back to me, he says, if this is what you truly want to do, I will let you do this, and you and understand, I will take care of you every day in this profession, and he has. I mean, all the way to my to I'm in retirement, and that tells you he has taken care of me. But you know, I had to mention that because that was important to me. It was a testimony for me. But on the same side of that, when I got into coaching and and I ended up coaching with Wink for about uh, three years, eh, close to four, he had a heart attack. And then uh, I was coaching with another assistant by the name of Tom Ludwig, who ended up taking over the, the helm. And, and I worked under him, which was good because I needed that learning experience. You know, and it's funny because here's a little great story for you that the president, because, you know, me being a graduate from, from Ferris State, all that kind of stuff, uh, the president wondered what, what was I willing to do. And the, and the funny, back in those days, <laughs> students demonstrated. Okay. <laughs> and we had, he had students outside his, his office demonstrating that I should be the coach at Ferris State. I tell you how crazy really? that was. And, and it's funny because I, you know, this is my first job. I didn't know what, what I was doing. I'm just, you know, I'm just there. I'm working. And he called me into the office and he said, you know, we got a dilemma, Gary. I said, what is that? And he says, you know, uh, we, we have a guy that we have selected to be the head coach, and that was Tom, because he had come there from, he was the head coach at Lake Superior, and he had come and, and worked as an assistant with us, and eventually he would take take over the job because, you know, Jim was getting older. And he said, you know, we've, we've worked on this, but we got an issue. The students want you to be the coach. <laughs> and I said, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you got a big dilemma here. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> and so he and I talked and I said, you know what? You really don't have a problem. He said, he said, why coach? I said, because I really don't want to be the head coach. What I want to do is I want to learn behind the person that's there and I don't have a problem doing that. And I mean, he, he, it was for him, it just took like relief off of him. He said, oh, man, mm. he said, I'm glad, I, you know, we can. I said, well, but I said, you know, we can't stop here. He said, what is that? He said, I said, you know, I'm scratching your back. You got to scratch mine. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> he, he said, what do you mean, coach? I said, hey, I need a full time job and I need to do I need to continue working and doing what I'm doing. Sure. He said, oh, that's easy to do. So that's how my career started. How about that? Wow. Man. You know, it's funny, hey. Coach. It, it's amazing. Uh, what a story, man. You know, we, we were talking, we had a pod this morning with a guy and he was just telling us his story. But you just made me think of something. It, it's amazing how humility can sometimes be the ultimate pressure release. Oh, yes. Yes, definitely. Because there's a lot of ways that conversation with you and the president could have gone. Yes. And yes. you take... 50 coaches in this day and age now in that situation, oh. the, the number of students outside would double. Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? It wouldn't, it wouldn't right, be, it right. wouldn't be diffused. It would it, at times. And I'm not saying that with everybody, I, you know, but I'm just saying we're just in a, obviously a different time now where self-promotion has, happened. yeah, self-promotion yeah. has gotten into our game. And so, yeah, that that level of humility just completely reduced the air in those tires 
in, a, in an well, amazing – I mean, that was amazing. That you and, Alan, that. think of this. What coach would turn down the potential to be a head coach? <laughs> to be the head coach. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like – That's, a, that's 50, a fair point. It's 50 out of 50 of those guys. Well, let me say this, guys. There was another instant I had a similar situation, and this is my journey. You want to know a little bit about it. I'm oh, at about Fair it. State, and, uh, and I'm in there a long time, okay? I was at Fair State for uh, 12, 14 years. And I'm there, and and, and all of a sudden, uh, uh, there was an opening at Michigan State. Mm -hmm. And Judd Heathcote called Tom, who was the head coach, said, hey, you know, uh, we like what, what Gary's doing and, and the whole works, because we were number one in the country. There was a lot of things going on at Ferris at the time. And uh, he said, and we would like to interview him and have him potentially be uh, on our staff. And and he's and, and Tom said, oh yeah, you can bring him down and you can see him. Now for me, you know, I, it was it was a move. If you get what I'm saying, I started my family there. We're moving. We're doing everything. And I get on the interview and on the process. And you you're like this. And I go through the campus stuff and everything, and it went well. Went extremely well. Now I'm gonna tell you how well it went. You know who was <laughs> my my host on on the uh, on, on the visit? I'm gonna guess Tom Izzo. You hit it right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this was the year that Magic was coming in. Oh my god! So you tell you, <laughs> so it was deep, uh, and and it was a. I don't know if you remember uh, the assistant uh, they had Herb. I think it was Herb Williams. You mm -hmm. remember that name? I do remember that name. Yeah, Herb was out of Chicago, and uh, he wasn't he wasn't assistant then, and they were they were looking at him, but. They wanted to maintain what was happening in Michigan. So the recruiting and all that was very sure. important. Sure, yeah, connections, so, yeah. And then when I went on the interview, I, you know, I kind of sold them on everything. And they said, man, this is the guy we should have. But then, I, you know, as time went on, I was thinking on the interview. And then we got to Judd's office at the end of it. He says, he says, Gary, you know, this has been a, a great interview. We really like what you have, what you have done at, at Fair State, and we we feel that you could be a, a great asset to us and the whole works. I said, okay, I get it, Judd. And he said, but he says you seem to be a little bit little apprehensive. And I said, well, I am. I say you uh, you you identified that. He said, why? He said, why? He says, and then he just went off. He just said, hey, this is the best program in America. We got this coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, why and, wouldn't and you? Why wouldn't you, you want us? And I said. I said, I said, Judd, that's not it. I said, the reason why I'm a little hesitant is because I have two young children. And if I took this job, I can see I would never be able to uh, be with them during the during their formative years. And I need it. And, uh, and I need to be with them. Hmm. And, and, and I mean, and I got to give him credit. He said, he said, Gary, I respect what you're saying there, because, you know, most people wouldn't do that. But I see that it's, it's of value to you. And then that's how it ended. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you have – everybody has a crazy journey, crazy background. But, like, yours is unique. It definitely is unique. <laughs> I mean, you got you got students knocking on the president's door to try and vote for you to be the head coach of Ferris State right out of – you know, that's crazy. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> – but you know what? It was, it was, all, it was all a learning experience. And because when I went on, and it, it even go a step further, I went on, and I'm on a, I'm at Ferris State, okay, now, and I'm the, I'm the assistant to Tom, and we, we were having a great deal of success. And I'm on, I went to the Final Four, and I'm on a trip coming back on the plane. 
and I ran into, uh, uh, I don't know if you remember the name, Ben Braun, who used to be at. Oh, Cal. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, back then, and Ben was at Eastern. He'd be exact. Uh, I think almost uh, three weeks ago, he he had a, a court signing where they, they named the court after. Oh, how about that? Yeah, so wow. that was pretty unique. Wow. And uh, and and we just you know we hit it. I mean, we just talked on the plane. I knew because he was he was coaching at the time at Siena Heights in Michigan, and they had a pretty good team, and we had played against them. So I kind of knew him, but I didn't know him extremely well. But he knew of what I was doing, and he asked me. He said, he asked me this question, and it actually changed my life. He said, he said, Gary, let me ask you a question. You're, you're coaching and you're, you're at division two. What do you want to do with your life? I mean, what is your aspiration? And I said, well, eventually I want to be a head coach at a, at a division one and this and that. And he said, and he said, I mean, it was, it was straight forward. Now he didn't hesitate. He said, well, you're doing it all wrong. <laughs> 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 How about that? And I said, I said, what you mean by that? Oh, no, no, I need to preface that to give you some idea. I was coming back from the uh, the, the final four. However, once I got home, I was going to be the head coach at Kentucky State because I had already. I mean, I'd went through all the stuff, so all that was about ready to happen. And so, I had to go on the final interview. Everything would have been good. So I'm on the plane and he tells me, that he, I said, what do you mean I'm doing it all wrong? He said, you can take all the division two jobs you want in America and you'll never be a head coach at division one. And I said, well, why not? He says, because you have to be within the system. Within the, that's right. To be a head that's coach right. at Absolutely. division one. Yeah. And I said, oh man. I said, now you're telling me this. You could have told me this before I interviewed with Kentucky State. <laughs> <laughs> but then he went on to say, he says, the reason why I'm telling you this is because I need an assistant coach. Because uh, this was his first, going into his second year there. And he had just taken the job from, I don't remember, you remember Mike uh, Boyd. I mean, Mike Boyce. No, Jim Boyce. Jim Boyce. He was the head coach at Eastern Michigan at the time. Then he had an illness and he stepped down and then took over that year, did a decent job. Then they gave him the job the next year. Yeah, and he was young when he got Yeah, he was really young. He was yeah. really young. And, well, no, no, again, it's two years later. The reason why I say I have to put preference that to say two years later, the his assistant was getting ready to take an NAI job. And you know, you know who that is? That was Keith Danbrock. That's at Duquesne. Uh, oh, wow. So he was getting yep. ready. So when he was getting ready, he said, so I need an assistant. I said, well, you know, I've been thinking about it. You know, I want to be a head coach. I really want to do this. He said, he said well, that can happen. Okay. And I said, what do you mean it can happen? He said, it can happen here. And then I said, he said, and what I would give you is a title. And that title will help you. Now, you need to, here's, this is going to rock you, rock you a little bit. He said to me, he says, he says, well, if you give me a title, I said, if you give me a title, how does that mean I'm going to get a head coaching job? He says, because in, in this profession today, if you have certain titles as an assistant, they'll look at you. Okay. And he says, but it hasn't happened yet in, in college basketball. And I said, what do you mean? I said, what do you mean? He says, he said, well, what I would make you is the, the assistant head coach. And, and where we would get that from is from football. That's what football does. And I said, oh, I said, I said, okay. And then he said, yeah. And he said, so I said, okay, I'll consider it. 
So I went back, told my wife, came back and went on the interview. Great interview. Everything went well. And at the end of it, he was telling me, because here's a, here's a unique part of it. He was telling me that, you know, if, if you do what you're supposed to do, you know, things can work out for you here. Yeah. But we had never talked about the money, gentlemen. We had, we had and I and back in those days, if you made uh, seventy thousand, sixty thousand, you're making a lot of money as a. As yeah, a, that's that's today. That's today's three hundred. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So when I when I said he said he said, well, now you need to know the job pays about sixty grand. I said, well, sixty grand. Now, <laughs> now I'm gonna tell you why. Which I, is today's okay. two. Which is today's two fifty. Well, Alan, you need to know this because I was at Ferris State and they just had a, what do you call it, uh, where the school was changing over and and they had a, and they had, were striking and all kinds of stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what ended up happening for me is because I had a full-time job, I was teaching and everything, I got a raise. I was making about 60 grand then. And so I said, I said, oh, I said, Ben, I said, I hear you, but I, you know, I mean, we're going, I'm going to division one and I'm telling my wife I'm going to division one yeah, and I'm making, not making any more money than I'm making right. where we're at. That's right. And, you, and we're moving. <laughs> and she said, she said, uh, she says to me, you know, check and check it out. Then I said, I said, so is there any way we can go up? And then he, he, he immediately said, well, I tell you this, Gary, if you, if you handle the camps, I'll give you five more grand. I said, okay, good, good, but that still ain't enough. I right. mean, <laughs> <That's exactly. laughs> so, so then, now here, here, here this, it gets the story oh, gets more unique. This is beautiful. Uh, then we go on, and then I say to him, I said, okay, uh, you know, I'm on the visit because I was staying overnight. I said, uh, can you check with, with the athletic director, see if anything else can be done? Now, the athletic director at the time was Gene Smith. So, you know, so I'm with you. So Gene and everything. So we were talking that next morning we're having breakfast. Gene came in and he said, Gary, we, we got you. We got everything solved. I said, well, what do you mean you got everything solved? He says, uh, we can pay you more. And I said, well, how much more? He said, well, we can give you about $73,000 to be the next assistant coach here. Okay. I said, oh, okay. Now I can tell my wife. Now that. we're talking. Now we're talking. That's good. And I said, well, how are you able to do that? He said, well, like Ben told you earlier, that we gave you a title, and the title came from football, and that title, those guys make about that kind of money. Right, right. And and Gene was a football guy. Yeah, yeah. He was. Oh, he was all football because he all had just come, he had taken the Eastern Michigan job after being an assistant AD at Notre Dame, and and so he, this was all his his lifestyle. So when he when he went on, he said, "So we can cover that. You'll be okay. We'll take care." I said, oh, man. He says, but we got to give you that title. I said, well, you're giving me a title. Is it mean I got to do more things? He said, no, 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 no. You don't have to do anything else. Because we were just phasing out during those years that you had to teach and coach at the same time. Okay. If you get, if you remember that. So so then I said, okay. And he says, well, we're going we're gonna to title you assistant head, assistant head coach. I said, okay. I said, you can title me anything you want. As long as I get the money, I'm good. Okay? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> so now here, 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 you're laughing at this. Uh, a year later, two years later, we went to the Sweet 16 at Eastern Michigan. That's when we played North Carolina. And I mean, we had a great team that year. And, uh, and so 
it was a chance for me to get another raise. So I go into Gene, we're talking. He said, oh, he said, yeah, we can, we can give you another raise, but we got to change your title again. And I said, what do you mean? We got to change you to the associate head coach because now in order to give you more money, we got to do that. Now, what's so crazy about this, guys, is that all the coaches today think those titles are on who they are and what they have accomplished. It was all based on us. I had to try to get me some more money in, the, in that position. Right. Right, right. So, in essence, what I'm telling you is, I was probably the first to make that move in college basketball from to associate and assistant head coach, only because of the financial thing of it, and, and it all worked out. Well, you know, it's amazing. You you can't you could you could get on the website and go through every team of every forget Power Five, but all whatever it is, thirty two conferences. You almost don't see a guy with that title now. That's right. That's exactly right. That's like just about it. every guy has it. Every there's one guy on staff that, that that's everywhere now. Well, and let me tell you, when I was when I was the head coach at both at both places at uh, Rutgers and at, at Cleveland State, uh, whenever I hired a guy, the first thing he would hit me: "Can I be the associate head coach?" <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. No, I. I, that, that's that's a, that's definitely a thing, man. That that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So it was a good journey, in essence. What I'm trying to tell you. It, yeah. Oh, I mean, I got more than enough proof of it too. Definitely more than enough proof of it. I mean, your stories. I tell you what, it even says character coach there below your name. Not only are you a character coach, you got a lot of character to you. That's what makes you unique. You know, it's, yeah. it, it's great to be able to talk with you. Um, but wanted to talk a little bit about too like your first head coaching position. I had a bunch of questions off of these, but first head job at Kent. Um, what were some like your first time being a head coach? What were just some of the things that you came up or like, I guess some problems that you encountered that you necessarily weren't prepared for, or maybe just like, I guess advice for first year head coaches. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm going to say a couple of things that you need to be aware of once you take a job. And I was, I was pretty equipped because of being under Ben Braun teaching me and all mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. uh, when you look for a job, you got to look for a situation where um, the people there have your back. Mm, because right. if they don't, then you're going. Yep. It's going to be issues as time goes on. Absolutely. And uh, and Ben, that's the first thing he told me. He says, and he says, and the other thing he told me, which was pretty, which would, uh, I think filters out, is that he said you don't want to take go to take a job where, the, where the, the guy has been highly successful because now everybody's going to look to you to yeah. maintain that right. and, and make it better. Oh yeah. And then yeah. if you yeah. don't, then you're going to, you could lose that job quickly. Yeah. And so, you know, when I took my first job at Kent state, you know, they hadn't won in years. So in 20 years to be exact, can and, only go and, up from there. And literally <laughs> I've had, I had many coaches tell me, why are you taking that job? That's a dead end job. I said, you know, but I had gotten that information from from Ben, and I and I and I accepted that. But the biggest reason is because I had a great athletic director, and when you identify that, and and now, like I tell you, I'm writing on character. My first book is titled Ten Principles of a Character Coach," and it's got all about the different uh, traits of being a, a character coach. My next book comes out here in probably about. Two months, two to three months, and it's titled "Coaching Millennials from a Character Perspective." 
and that's that's a deep one now. I want to yeah, tell you. Yeah, I bet one. it yeah. is, man. Wow, I can't so, wait for that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, all that to, to say is that you know when you look for a job, you want to make sure you got the right people that you are working under. And and I say this for many coaches out there today: make sure you look for a guy that has character. Because if he don't, he'll he'll go through you like it means nothing. And so I ended up going to uh, going to uh, Kent State because of him. And to be exact, once I took the job, uh, a month later, Ben took the Cal job from Eastern Michigan. The president calls me from Eastern and said, "Hey, we, are you willing to come back and coach coach uh, here at Eastern Michigan?" And I said, no, I can't do it because this guy went out on the limb for me and gave me this opportunity. Yeah, and then you're giving your you're giving your word too. Yeah, yeah and yeah. and you got to and see uh, in in my next book I, in uh, about millennials, I talk about the core values, and there's literally four core value. I mean, five core values of a of a character person. One is uh, integrity. Second one is honesty. The third one is trust. The fourth one is respect. And the fifth one is loyalty. See, so in our society today, I think that's a big issue. People aren't as loyal as they used to be in life, you know, so things don't go as well. So when I when I when I accepted the post there, I I wanted to be loyal to him. Now, and I say this to say because I got a little story behind it. I go to first year. And we go, I think, uh, 10 and 20, okay? First year, that was exactly my first year head coaching record. (laughs) (laughs) Now, good to know I'm not alone in that club. (laughs) I haven't been used to that in a long time. Right, no, I know. 10 and 20. So, now, I didn't have a chance to recruit any players because they had basically everybody coming back. Mm-hmm. But they were in last place, so what yeah, kind of change? Right. <laughs> now right. they competed hard. I got to give them that credit. But they just weren't. They just couldn't. They weren't very good. I mean, that was the issue. So at uh, at the end of the year, I get a call from the athletic director's uh, secretary. She said, "Gary, you need." Uh, and his name was uh, Lang Kennedy. Unbelievable. When I tell you. Unbelievable. He wasn't from the United States. He was from Canada. And he was the he was the, he was also the athletic director at Brown University. And he was just a good person. He was truly a character-driven person. So and, and, and now when he when the secretary called, I was a little concerned because uh usually calls me and say, Hey, come on down, Gary, let's talk. But he, the secretary's calling me, making it, uh, you know, um, somewhat professional. Right, said, okay. right, right. <laughs> I said, okay. So uh, I, I, I go, as soon as he tells me, as soon as she tells me that, I go into my staff. I said, hey, uh, no, no, you need to know this. Once she, uh, once she told me to come down, I said, oh, hell, because <laughs> we're, we're 10 and 20 now. <laughs> I mean, I can, I can play games, but we're 10 and 20. <laughs> right. So, so I, as soon as she, as soon as she, as soon as we finished talking, I go into my staff. They're all in there, and I said, "Hey, uh, Lang has asked me to come down to talk to him about the season." 
and then they all had in unison say, "Oh hell, yeah, uh oh, right here we go, right <laughs> here we go." Right. <laughs> so I, I go down there, and as soon as I get there, the, the secretary says, "Go go in the, the conference room." Uh, he's on a conference call, so I so I went into the conference room and I realized that he, he couldn't call me because he was on a conference call. So he comes in and he says, "Gary, I'm sorry I didn't call you, but I was on a conference call, and I and I couldn't get off it. That's why I had my secretary." So. Don't be over concerned about that. I said, Oh, I breathe, I breathe a sigh of relief. I said, Oh, <laughs> all right, all right, yeah. And then he came, and then he says to me, He says, uh, Gary, uh, we need to talk about this past season. And I, I kind of, you know, shunned a little bit. I said, Okay, I get it, I get it. And he said, uh, And I said, We're 10 and 20, I get it, wasn't that good? He said, You know what, Gary, it wasn't that bad. And I said, What do you mean that bad? He says, Because you did all the things I asked you to do. You helped them academically get on track. You did all this, all the things within the program. You, you, and so I was pleased. And I said, I know once you get your players in, it'll be a different, uh, different look. So I'm not worried about that. I said, Whoa! And I said, You know, I looked at you. Kind of, I kind of sat up in my chair a little bit. Then he, he said, The reason why I brought you down here is because I want to give you a raise and put more years on your contract. Ten and twenty now. Now, I only say that to say that when you get a great AD, they they got they got they, they can see the future, they can see things, and and, and they're committed to you. Yeah, yeah, and, they're, they're, and they can think beyond wins and losses. That's exactly right. That's exactly right, and that's what we had with him. And you know, history tells it because we went on to three two NCAA's and and the mm -hmm. quarterfinals of the NIT with that group. And he really, I mean, it all because of him. You know. And I, and I don't hesitate not to take the credit because he opened the doors for me. Now, and I tell you how much he opened the door. When I got the job, they had nothing. When I tell you had nothing, they had no academic advisor. They had no strength coach. We didn't even have cars. So that's why everybody was telling me, saying, why are you taking this job? When I left, when I left to go take the Rutgers job, we had our own strength coach that traveled with us. We had our own academic advisor that traveled with us. Uh, and cars wasn't even a question. And I'm telling you, a new coach coming in didn't have to worry about those things. And that was my purpose that, you know, I'm going to work on this and get it right. And the new coach coming in, he could just coach basket. There you go. Yeah. You make a bad job better. Leave yeah. the place better than you. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, and especially, I mean, you got what? A couple multi uh, coach of the years, coach of the conferences. You mentioned right. you even won the. Uh, I know you won multiple regular seasons, but then also uh, postseason tournaments as well, NCAA appearances. So I mean, the, the guy obviously, or I should say, all your athletic directors, but in general, saw something in you. And I mean, that, that, I'm sure that probably even put a little more chip on your shoulder too, just because you see the fact of you're like someone got faith in me and someone's pushing me to that next level. So it's it kind of it gives you that that next push for yourself and you, you know how important that is and I, I had to be at the lower level to see that when i went to the higher level it was totally different now <laughs> i mean when i tell you totally different i, I you know i don't want to speak down on anyone but it was totally different at Rutgers. totally different even though we had success but it was a nightmare trying to have it yeah Right. Yeah. No, I, I, I'd say sometimes, you know, you know, you got 32 games on your schedule. And so, you know, for 32 nights, you've got to you've got to bring it.
Yes. But when you sometimes have to compete against your own administration, oh, that adds another 333 games to the schedule. Well, because right. now, you know, you got your 32. There's only 365 days in a year. So something in those other 333 days, <laughs> you're either competing along with your administration or you're competing <laughs> yep. against them. That's exactly right. right. And right and there's, there. no scat- there's no scouting reports out for administrations. I mean, you, can, <laughs> you can figure out the other 32 nights. But, but, there is one, but there is one scouting report which I made a mistake on. And I have to say this. When you select a the people that you want to work for, make sure they're people of character. Because if you don't, you don't know what's going to happen in your career. And uh, it, it was the biggest, you know, it was it was it was a direct line in my mind that you got to do the right thing. And, you know, it was all a learning experience. When I went on to Rutgers, uh, we had a great crew. We had a great time there. We had some great went to the finals of the NIT, all these kind of things. But it was a challenge. Let's put it like that. And when I decided to leave, see, people don't realize this today at Rutgers. They did not fire me because I had just signed a brand new contract, a, a four-year contract, and it was a lot of money on the line there. And uh, and I just said I just can't, I just can't deal with this anymore. And even, and even my wife, she's saying, I, you know, we got to get out of here. But here, I'll give you one, Alan. I tell you this, and one last story, so you can feel on this one, and you'll like this one being. In- <laughs> I've liked them all. So keep it, you're good. You don't have to worry about it. They well, I'm at Rutgers. When it was a year, uh, we had we had a great year. We went to the finals and all that. And uh, I got a phone call from my from my agent or my lawyer, and he said, "Gary, pack your bags." I said, "Whoa, what you mean, pack my bags? We just we just had a great year." He said, "Pack your bags. You're going back home." I said, "What do you mean?" He says. Uh, Ohio State wants you. Ooh. So I said, oh, okay. Now, here's the crazy thing. If you remember, uh, Gene Smith was the athletic director at Ohio State. He came after all this. So I would have had him if I would have went on to Ohio State all during that time. But what occurred was uh, he said that. I said, okay. And he says, uh I said, but we got to put everything together. He said, no, it's all set. I said, what do you mean? Now, this is pretty unique. He says to me, he says, the athletic director and I went to Brown together. Okay. okay. Andy, Andy Geiger. Andy Geiger. You hit it right. Yep. And he said that uh, uh, they want Bobby Knight because he was a graduate of a Right. That's right. That's right. But the president which is a female, does not want him at all. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so I said, well, how, how does that help me? He says, well, her mentor was your president at Kent State. How about that? And I said, oh, man. And she said, he was went on to say they had a conversation, the two, the two presidents. Mm-hmm. And she came to her and said, hey, I got an issue. You know, I don't want to hire Bobby Knight. And I, you know, we got all because they were on probation. They had all. Yeah. Yeah. Jim O'Brien had just left because of the the European player had taken, you know, been on some money exchanged. Right. Right. And he's they talked and she said, I don't know what I can do with this. And she said, well, because I don't know who I can find. 
And she said, well, I got the exact person for you. And she, she mentioned me. She said, if you want to clean this thing up, he will clean it up for you. And she said, and she said, okay, we're good. She, so it was all set. So now here, you love, love this ending. Yeah. Cause I was on the other end of it. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, how did this tie in? No, well, I can feel this one getting closer and closer to home. Well, what a <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking everything's, you know, good, but earlier that day or the day before, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The day before I had gone into my athletic director's office and I had told him that I, uh, I need you to do me a favor. And he said, what? I said, I said, you need to put three more years on my contract. And he said, oh man, I don't know if I can go to the board and do all that. I said, I need to show the people here in New Jersey that I'm gonna stay. So I need three, three years on my contract. And he said, well, I'll go, I'll talk to some people and I'll get back to you. So that morning he calls me, the, the, the morning that my athletic director, uh, my uh, lawyer had called me, he calls me and said, he, he comes down to my office and said, Gary, I, I got you two. I said, I said, two. I mean, what are you talking about? I got you two. He says, I got you two more years on your contract. I said, well, hold, hold, hold. I didn't ask you for two. I asked you for three because it, it, it would put me to five in, in on the thing. So, and he said, well, they just, they, they couldn't buy another. I said, no, no, no. I said, I'm going to have to go to my lawyer and you talk to him because I, you know, I asked you for, for three. Soon as I told him that, that's when my lawyer called. Okay. And he called and told me about this job. And then I asked him, I said, did the athletic director know about this? He said, yeah, yeah. They talked to him and everything. And so now you understand, he's been in my office, never told me anything about this job. Right, right. And of course was, not. Of course so, not. <laughs> so I go down to his office. I said, and I, uh, his name was Bob Mulcahy. And I said, Bob. Did anyone call here today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not talking about your wife. I said, no one called, huh? He said, right. I said, yeah, you haven't heard anything about Ohio State. Oh, oh, I oh heard yeah, Ohio. yeah. Now that it's, you mentioned. Right, yeah, that's said, yeah, they called. I said, but we, we can't do anything. I said, why? He says, because it's in your contract. You can't do anything. And I said, what do you mean? Now, in my contract, it says anything after uh, April. Or oh, no, May, no April. Anything after April, mm -hmm. I can I can pursue. Can't, can't mess with it, right? Right. Anything. I mean, before anything, before, up until oh, April, I can until pursue. You could, and then anything after you can't. After yeah. I couldn't. So yeah, I said, this is oh. July. Yep. So I I I, I call and talk to my my lawyer. He says, Nah, don't worry about that, Gary. Uh, contracts are meant to be broken, so don't worry about that. We can break that. <laughs> I, said, I said, okay. <laughs> so uh, now I'm, I'm not in a dilemma. So he comes, he comes back to my office. He says, Gary, can I take you and your wife out to dinner? <laughs> I said, I said, what do, you, what do you, what do we have to do that for? He said, Well, no, I want to talk to you. I really want to talk to you. So then we went out to dinner and he, he talked and he told us how much he wanted us and he was going to take care of me and the whole works. And then I had told him, I said, uh, I would, I'm willing to stay, but you got to make a total commitment to everything we do here because he was a little shaky. Now just hear me what I'm telling you. So he, so I said, you got to make a total commitment to that. And he said he would. Now, 
you know, what is what is a word? People say a word and yeah, you yeah. Know, and then things happen. And uh, and that's why I ended up staying there because I would have left and went to Ohio State. How about that? And the yeah. reason being is, and that's this crazy, is what yeah. coaches out there today need to know, you need to be in your area of recruitment. Yeah. Because, you know, base. I went all the way to New Jersey and I'm yeah. in my recruit recruiting uh, areas now, New York, New Jersey. I mean, and I didn't know anybody out there. Either. Right, right, right. So being from Ohio, I knew everyone. Yeah. So that way, you know, the recruiting would have been a lot easier. For yeah, me. and Michigan too. And Michigan, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So it was all right there. And so, but I said, you know, I had started something there at Rutgers and I wanted to see it through because sure. that was the year we had went to the finals at NIT. We lost to Michigan in the championship game. So it was, it, 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 we had a good year, but it, it, it needed time. Yeah. Well, coach, I got to, I, I got to tell you one thing. Thank you so much for staying at Rutgers. I was just going to say, <laughs> I was going to say that that was my question. I was going to say, so who did they end up hiring for that spot? Was it? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that's right. It was when, when, when Thad said, hey, do you want to come to Columbus with me? I was like, you know what? Uh, does, does a chubby kid like pie? You know? So that was an easy one. That oh, easy yeah. One. Yeah, but they got, they got the right person. You know, the issue is, is that you don't know who's going to be in a position. And, yeah, but you got to make sure all the things around it is set. Yeah, absolutely. And, I heard I heard an NBA guy say the it once that you need to to have in a program. Yeah, I heard an NBA guy say it one time. He said, you know, you want to try to find a place that's vertically aligned, and yes, that means from yes. administration, you know, to athletic department to locker room, you know, You're to so you right. know, just that vertical alignment is a big deal. And if one of those things is off kilter. You know, we're back to that 333 days again. I was just talking about. So, uh, yep. man, what a story! That was unbelievable. <laughs> you did my job for me. That was nice and easy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I did, Doug. I hope I helped you out. Do this more often. Man, yeah, that was golden, man. That was absolutely golden. No, but even even so, one of the things I took out of that too was when you talked about the the president, and it was formerly somebody who was what working with you in a smaller role. Yeah. Um, did I hear that correct? Yeah. So like, I mean, that even tells you right there, somebody who's at a lower tier role. I mean, I even have experience as somebody who was just working at a, at a small, um, it was Junkstown States clothing store, just selling clothes. And he came up to me, started talking to me. And then after that, like, well, sums it up. Now he's an athletic director at a university. And it's just like, yeah, you yeah. know, like you, you never, never know where go. that person's going to be in the future. And that, that guy who I could have easily brushed off and was like, yeah, you just so close at a university. Like, you're not going to do anything. <laughs> right. No, right. he's, you know, like it completely is well, athletic director and, and stays in touch. So it's crazy. Well, the first impressions are so key. You know, it's funny yeah. because when I, one last little tidbit to all this is when I was at Eastern Michigan. Uh, we had, if you remember during those days, you had uh, like uh, receptions at the at the end of the season that they brought in all the teams that would be in the tournament. And you remember those kind of things. And so we went and the, and the tournament was in Toledo, as I remember. And uh, and so we uh, I had to do something that day. And I'm the assistant at Eastern Michigan. I had to do something. So I get there late. And at the front, at the, at the door that was letting people in, at the front of that was the athletic director of Kent State, 
and and one of his boosters, one of his money guys. And he just said, he just said to me, he said, hey, I, you know, he said, I, I, I introduced myself. He said, oh, we know who you are, this and that. And I said, and he says to me, he says, hey, you know, it's great to be able to talk to you. We talked for a half an hour. Now, that may not seem like a lot, but what occurred was it opened that door for me with him. Yeah. And he got to know me and it really helped everything in the process. Now, I'm going to tell you how unique that is. And Alan, you'll understand this. Not that you won't, Doug. It's just that Alan will understand this one a little bit better. He will. He does. It's going to be faster than he realizes, but he will. Uh, I'm still the only coach in college basketball that received a head coaching job at another institution that I had no affiliation with. Now, think about that. What, what happens is you either went to school there, you worked there before, or you had some yeah. relationship with the coach. I had nothing at Kent State. I mean, when I tell you nothing, but he, but that athletic director seen in me during our conversation, it's Olin. Interesting. I didn't know that was even like that Co- coach, a fact. I think I'm, coach, I think I might be second behind you on that list because <laughs> uh, I went to Villa 7, the uh, the coaches retreat they used to have with Nike. I went uh-huh. to Villa 7. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Beaverton, Oregon. And they have a right, right. I remember this. Yeah. So one night they had a little mixer, athletic directors, assistant coaches out there. The mixer's over. I go out to the parking lot um, or outside looking for a taxi. There's a woman standing on the curb and a few people milling around waiting for taxis. And I had mm-hmm. seen, a, you know, one woman recognized or just said hello. I don't know. If I, knowing me, I'm corny. I probably still have my name tag on or something. But anyway, <laughs> she uh, she just says, hey, how you doing? Judy Rose from Charlotte. And we shook hands. And I said, hey, I'm a major from Ohio State. Nice to meet you. This is May of 2008. Two years later, April 2010, I'm in the mix, eventually get the job. But again, had no, no affiliation. No, it did no soul in Charlotte. The funny, the the weird story, since we're, I'm going to, this is how it happened. We're at Ohio State um, getting ready for the Big Ten tournament. And Coach Mata is sitting in the coach's locker room on his phone. And he goes, hey, uh, Alan, the Charlotte job just opened up. You might want to think about that one. He said, most guys kind of maybe have to take a low major situation and then, right, you know, right. bump up. But he said, he said, you might be able to skip steps on that one. And I'm like, coach, I'm just, can I just keep the job I got here for a little bit and see if we can <laughs> go to Indy and win the Big Ten tournament or something? Right. Well, it turns out in that same locker room at that moment, an associate AD from Charlotte had sent an email to me saying uh, he had sent an email to me saying, Hey, I remember you from this Nike event last summer in Vegas. It was a little mixer they had. He said, you know, enjoyed the way you carried yourself. He said, I'm just reaching out to you to see if you would, if you had any names that we could consider for our coaching job. So I'm sitting there saying, why are you emailing me, asking me for names about your coaching opening? I said, isn't that your job as an associate? <laughs> I didn't say this, but I'm reading this email. Coach Mata's 10 feet away from me had just said, Alan, you might want to look at the Charlotte job. <laughs> so this is all happening at the same time. So that night I get a text from this same guy saying, hey, 
that email was a smokescreen because we're a state school. The media can track our emails. Oh, said, yeah. I was just throwing I was just throwing that email out there to throw the scent off. Wanted to see if you had interest in our job. I had oh, no wow. connection. That's how that's how Charlotte came to life right there. So that's pretty I, I, I say all, I say all that to say I might be second behind you on that <laughs> list of like <laughs> No fingerprints whoa, whoa, whoa. on the no, no fingerprints on the school anywhere until they you well, know. Was well, one thing I didn't add to that <laughs> is that assistant in the same league. Mm. Oh yeah. Okay. Because see, I was at Eastern Michigan. Right, and then yeah, Kent's in the yeah. Kent is in the same league, yeah. right. and for them to take a guy off the other guy's bench to, to run their program, yeah. that just doesn't happen. Right. Yeah. Oh, that is. Okay. That's 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 that's, I was gonna say that's and 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 when I say I'm the only one because of that within a league, yeah. No, that's unless unless they have some affiliation with the school, you know, like they 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 used to work there at one time or 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 some roots in that state somehow. And that's something. Well, man, I tell you what, I, I could listen. I'm sure you got thousands and thousands of more stories to tell, but I, I could listen to those all day. No, they're definitely you got some you got some interesting things in there. And then um, one of the things, also, I mean, before real quick before we hop into the final segment, I know you even mentioned your books, um, the character coaching. I wanted to make sure to touch real quickly on that. Like, and and you also mentioned you had one coming up, and I had my pen ready. I was going to try and write it down to see what 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 was the one you have currently out, and then the one you have upcoming. The one I have is called 10 Principles of a Character Coach. Okay. And it's talking about the principles that coaches need in the profession to show that they are a coach of character. And then, okay. And then the other one was for millennials, you mentioned. Yeah. It's called Coaching Millennials from a Character Perspective. It's at the editors right now. So it's about ready to, to hit the scene here pretty soon. Do we get a. Do we get like a, a first opportunity to be able to buy that once it comes out? <laughs> Just stay in contact. I'll send you one once I get them. Ooh, yeah. Okay. No, and, and no, because we'll be letting you know when this is going to come out. And so you can, whoever kind of promotes you, whether it's a, your media right. person or whoever, we'll, when this comes time to get put on, because it, it's available, as you can see on the screen there, under Doug's window, Apple and uh spotify and amazon and so we'll let you know when this is getting ready to come out so hopefully the timing won't be too long after your yeah. book comes out and then you can kind of you can kind of alan let me give you this it see each book i write is about when i was at a certain place okay, okay. so the first book the 10 principles is when i was at uh cleveland state the ending of cleveland state and then a couple of years into retirement so that's talking about that. The book of millennials is talking about when I was at Rutgers because that's when I had millennials. And so that's talking about then. And it's, it, it's, it's, it's a unique book because what ends up happening is I'm going to talk about all the, you know, cause we got all different generations today. The new one is out is called the, uh, the alpha generation. And now you had Generation Z, and then you go on down the line. And gener Generation Y is actually millennials. That's their time frame. However, you need to be aware of they're all related. So uh, even though we're in this day and age, they have relationships within 
the millennials. Yeah, yeah, all overlap. Like a yeah. younger brother or sister or whatever of the of the millennial generation. So okay. and and it's really good because let me give you this, guys. One of the things I've been doing in retirement, I've been doing about three things. One, I did a podcast for the NC for the NABC. I also um uh, I'm, I, I'm the commissioner. You know this, Alan. I'm the commissioner of the academy, but I'm also uh, I do speaking engagements and things of that magnitude. And what happened on that first book? The police department got a, got a, got a hold of it, and they asked me to come and do workshops for the policemen. How about that? Yeah, and oh, so wow. what ended up happening is I had to go all the way to Lansing, Michigan, to to get certified and all that to be able to do this for the police officers and everything. So right. I did all that, and so I did. I worked with the police department on on some of those things. So it it has allowed me to get into areas that I hadn't been into before. And so right now, uh, what I'm doing is we're, we're thinking about doing a, uh, what is it called? A professional development series for the city of Lansing. And, and my portion of it is the character piece. And, and it's, you know, it's been vital for me because I think in our society today, we've lost sight on the importance of character at all levels, not just one level, at all levels. And so that's why I, when I first started writing, that's what I said, you know what? I want to talk about this because when I first wrote that first book, that's when the college basketball was going through all those issues. Yeah. And, you know, it's right because you were you were a victim of I won't say, you know, when the port, you know, I won't say when the portal first started, but you had some <laughs> guys at Cleveland State. You remember Brent Forbes? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Doug, Brent Forbes, NBA yeah. player, played for the mm -hmm. This guy had him at Cleveland State before he went to Michigan State. Yeah. I mean, that would that just goes that would show definitely you, be a that just goes to show you right there. I mean, like this, this that wheel was really just starting to turn uh, it, when you it, were it, when you were at Cleveland State. Well, do you understand? My last two years, I lost five, five starters to high major schools, and see the uh, portal. The portal hadn't come out yet. Okay, what was happening was they had a fifth year rule. And see, for me, I was using the fifth year rule to help the kids educationally. Number one, right. many of them were getting their masters, all kinds of things there. And 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 you know, if a person is injured, you, you you'd help him in that in that manner, give him the fifth year rule. Then when this hit, they just said, Man, they just came after him. And we were losing. Uh I mean, we lost uh, the one year. The, the Bryn Forbes left. The next year, we lost Trey Lewis, who ended up going to Louisville, was the, yeah. the starting guard in Louisville. We lost Anton Grady, was the starting center at Wichita State. And we lost Junior Labamba, who ended up starting for uh, Providence. So, it, you know, that could be a subject that we talk about, about this this uh, the, the, uh, the NIL and the portal, because that – I mean, this, those are two things that are affecting college athletics. Yeah, for sure, and, oh, for, and and from a and from a kind of tying back to a character perspective. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's kind of it's crept character in a good oh, way. Oh yes, 
and it's created more characters in a bad way. <laughs> you hit it right. So, <laughs> you know, so the word You're character right. is still around. It's just, it's, it's just, it's it's, kinda, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. No, it it's just a different terminology. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. No question. It is crazy just how like people don't ha necessarily have to commit and know that they can go, oh, okay, well, you know, I can go somewhere, but then if I don't like it, I can just head somewhere That's right. else. And it's just completely, obviously everybody knows this, but it completely changes everything just because like, it changes your personality, as you're mentioning. It changes your mindset. Everything about who the person is. It's it just, I don't know. I'm against it, but then at the same point, I, a lot of our team is built based off of the portal. So I, <laughs> and we're very <laughs> successful. So as much as I'm against it, I, we utilize it very, you know, very large portion. So well, eventually, like eventually they're gonna have to figure it out because what I believe is the mistake they made in the whole process, because I was a part of the NABC, is that they shouldn't have had them both come out at the same time. Yeah, exactly. You know, at least they got to do a year court. apart. At least a yeah, year they apart. they should have. Like, most likely first, two years apart. And they should, they should have first, take, like, let's say we deal with the portal. Mm -hmm. Get that figured out. Yes. And then bring in the NIL. Or right. deal with the NIL first, and then get the portal figured out. That, that's right. That's right. No, it was a, it was, it was a, it was, because uh, think about this, Alan. A hurricane, using, and a, a hurricane and a blizzard hit at the same time. You hit yeah. it right. And they're no. using it against one another. Yeah, no question. If a kid says, hey, man, uh, you don't do what I'm telling you, I'm going into the portal. Right. Yep. Right. You don't give for, me what for, I'm doing. For, for NIL reasons. For NIL, NIL reasons. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, Coach, obviously we want to be cognizant of your time. You know, we don't want to take too much, but we do have a final segment, and then we'll kind of wrap it up from there. Okay. So, um, just cutting to the final segment, as I mentioned, we call it the quick hitters. So it's basically just three basic questions uh, and then short, quick responses, best you can. And really all it is is to kind of give us a general idea of who you are, but then also kind of learn a little bit about, you know, your mindset as well. Uh, and then a final question to wrap it up and we'll get to our final remarks. It's our family. This is family feud version of uh, rising coaches right here, coach. So you'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll have fun with it. Well, you know what? Let me say this before you get into it. Uh, we do that. I mean, as a family, we come together and play Family Feud. <laughs> really? Yes, love it. Good, good deal. <laughs> I, we just need a shot clock. We need a shot clock right there at the top that has a time. <laughs> right, right. So, first one would be outside of basketball. What is something you typically love to learn about? Well, you know, in in our society today, we struggle in an area I think really needs, and I, I would want to know about the law. <laughs> That's. I, you know, I, I, what I literally should have been, it was a lawyer and I never, you know, I didn't take that in, into consideration, but the law, because all these different things that happen in our society is all based on what's happening in law. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Great point. No, that's well very said. fair. Yeah. Great point. Um, and then the second one would be for assistant coaches. Okay. Okay. So you're a head coach. And for some assistant coaches, what are some like, top two, top three qualities that you look for in an assistant coach? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, you know, one thing uh, I did, it, I even did it with our with our, uh, ba with our basketball team. I, I was looking for people that really were hard workers, hard workers that, you know, if you don't, if you don't work hard, you're not going to move and excel, especially in our profession. No so doubt. we look for that. The other thing is, and I, you know, you should know this, I, I look for people of character. Yep. <laughs> You know, they, they 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 say and do the right things. Now, here, what you need to understand is I'm a believer, and I want to add this to it. I'm a believer that a player 
I mean, you can take players with some issues, okay? Mm-hmm. But they got to have the right character. Then you can reach them. If they right. don't, or, or and I and I use another terminology for it, I call the right. They have a good heart. Yeah, because if right. they don't, then you go. You you're gonna have a rebuttal every opportunity you get. Yeah, and you want to surround them with guys that can help. Oh you. yes, yes. See, you know, you know give me this just real quickly, and you don't. You can cut this out later. No, <laughs> but no. in in no, coaching, no. I, I I made two errors in coaching that ended up hurting me. And it mm. hurt me because of what you just said there, Alan, mm. bringing all in one. Mm. So like I was at Eastern Michigan as an assistant, we had just went to the sweet 16 played North Carolina in it. So the next year uh, I, I had to go back out and recruit again, but all of a sudden we got a main and, and expectations are high. So you got to go out and get, quality of the best players you can get. Yeah, so, big game so, hunting. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and think about it. At mid-major, you normally, uh, when you go have success of that magnitude, you usually have it with upperclassmen. So you're losing that whole recruiting class. So now you got to go out. So what I, I did it twice. I did it at Eastern Michigan. That next year, I went out and got junior college players and transfers, and it was the biggest nightmare I ever seen. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm telling you. They terrorized <laughs> the campus. And the- <laughs> <laughs> no, we're leaving coach we're leaving this in because this is this is this is the stuff that's gonna this is this is as good as anything else you've said because this this is this is this is it like, well and they know. did and 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 i and i and then the next year just to give you an idea i said we got rid of on that class we had brought in i think seven guys because we had lost all our guys right we got rid of five of them because we said you just can't be here, right? And then that's when we brought in the Earl Boykins and all them, and we went oh, on. Yeah, and we yeah, had yeah, oh, yeah, okay. There we so, go. Yeah, and 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 that was a mistake. Then I'm at Cleveland State. We had just went to we had beaten Wake Forest and and, and uh, who was ranked number six in the country. Everything. Mm-hmm. The next year, I you know I had all seniors. <laughs> if you get it, <laughs> I did a quick fix. I, I brought in. This is no lie. I brought in four, five junior college players. Mm-hmm. Now, and they were pretty good. Three of them, I mean, one of them was all American, and and I mean, they were pretty good players. Yeah. And and you remember Aaron Pogue that was at? Uh, oh yeah, from Dayton. From yeah. Dayton, we brought yeah, in play, Aaron. Now Aaron play was Daquan, the only with Daquan Cook. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Aaron was the only one that lasted. After that next year, I had to get them out of there. <laughs> and then the funny thing is, the next year I bring in Norris Cole and all of them, and we, we win the championship. Oh, right. There we go. Yeah. But what wow. I'm trying to say is don't try to do a quick fix. You, If yeah. your system is designed to go a certain way, you recruit to that system, bringing in character-driven people. Yeah. 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 And you had with Norris Cole, you had DeAndre Brown, Dre Brown from Young. Oh, Central. D was a key. He was a key. Yeah. See, yeah, I know the year the year we we beat uh, Wake Forest in the NCAA, and uh, and we should have beat Arizona in that next game, but we just didn't. D was the was the starting uh, guard on that team, D Brown, but he got hurt the first first uh, practice mm-hmm. we had that year and broke his hand, and he couldn't play the whole year. 
Oh, wow. Now, I was his imagine. water boy in high school. <laughs> <laughs> so I probably, honestly, you would have been at games that I was at, and I, I wow. would have seen you in the gym. And I did, <laughs> well, but I understand what I'm trying to say. That team won 27 games, 26 games. If we'd have had D. Brown, we would have, yeah. no question in my mind, we would have went to the next level. Wow. Third question. What has always been something that inspired you to work harder? Oh, that's a great, great question. Uh, you know what? I, what I, especially in the profession I'm in, is that that the kids excel in the classroom. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know this, that uh, in my time at, at Rutgers, Kent State, and even Cleveland State, 98% uh, of my kids graduated. Wow. Wow, okay. And, and, and what that made me feel is that I'm doing the right job. Yep. Because... You know, we all we we all are so dependent on this this basketball game, and we define ourselves by it, and it ends up being you know after they leave, that's that becomes very little in their lives. Right. And so right. you want to make sure they're prepared for their future. Absolutely. But would you when you're asking me what what makes me work harder is to see them excel and go on out in life and have success. There you go. I never, never understood that as a young high school college player when my coach would always tell me that. I'm like, like, I get it, but and now <laughs> starting to see it. You know, I'm starting to get to the point where I recruited a class and now they're graduating. And now I'm like, I get it. Like yeah, I yeah. fully understand it now. Yeah. No doubt. It's crazy. No, it's crazy how Nothing like seeing them grow up, man. Well, I tell, you, I tell you how unique that is. I, when I coached, I taught a class to my team, and it was called success class. And the whole purpose was for them to be successful in life. Now, it wasn't a, a class for credit or any of that magnitude. It's just we met once a week. I uh, Each year, I took a book, and we went through that book. And, and let me tell you, by the end of the, my career, the, the players taught the class. Let's tell you how good it was. And... Uh, and so let's take Cleveland State. When I went into Cleveland State, I taught it. First thing we established that class. And I tell you who's who doing the exact same thing and he, he, that he got from me was that, what's his name at uh, uh, Akron? Your guy. Akron. Oh, gross. Gross. He right. came to me and said, I heard about this class. and Now, what I did was the whole purpose, and I'm going to tell you, this is a unique story here. When I created the class, I would take – uh, a book for each year and it would be of someone of magnitude that was successful like Tony Dungy or one of them, you know, and, I, yeah. and yeah. then we'd read through it as a team. And each, each time we meet, we would talk and talk about it. Right. And then we would apply it to our lives. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So at, when I took the job at, at, at uh, Cleveland state, the book we used was from John Wooden and it was pyramid of success. Oh yeah. And what we ended up doing is we created our own pyramid. Each player right. had took a block. Now we didn't take the block that they that, that wouldn't had. We we yeah, into what we do. Right. And, right. And, and they created and we created our own pyramid, right? I love it. That's good stuff. And so what ends up what ended up happening, and the whole purpose was for them to define success for themselves. Mm -hmm. Don't let the world or the people around you define it for you because you'll seem like you're a failure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So what we ended up doing was I asked them, I said, okay, we're going we're gonna to do one thing. We're going to create a success for ourselves this year. And you pick what you want. And they came and they said, we want to we wanna win uh, Senior Day game. Because they hadn't won it in eight years there at Cleveland oh, State. Oh, wow. 
Wow. So I so I said, okay, that's an easy one. So we, we, <laughs> so we did that. And, we, and, I, and I told him, I said, don't worry about what happens throughout the season because this is my first year there. Right. And, right. and again, we didn't have players that could play very well. Right. <laughs> so I said, right. don't worry about that. What happens throughout the season? Now, they won, I think, about 12 games and they played, but I just knew that they didn't have it yet until we sure. started bringing in players. Right. So we, we come to senior day game. And everybody's excited about it. We play the number two team in the conference, and we blow them out the out the gym. Wow! Now, when I tell you, we blow them out the gym. Man, oh man, and I mean, they were so excited, guys, that they were jumping up on tables with their hands in there like they had won the, the <laughs> right, yeah. championship. Right, right. They did just win one game at the end. Like you one game. <laughs> <laughs> so they were all excited. But let me tell you, there's a moral to that story. Do you know we had six seniors on that group? And all six seniors became the biggest money givers back to Cleveland State. How about that? Wow. Because they, they left with an experience that they felt good about themselves. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For yeah. Sure. Wow. Man, talk about putting a ribbon on something. <laughs> man, oh well, man. the worst part is I had one more question for you. <laughs> 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 and then and then we'll get to our closing remarks. But the final one we always like to end everything with, um, of course, you know, rising coaches, because we do try to reach out to youth coaches, but then really just everybody in the in the um, industry trying to move up or just learn and grow. But if you had to narrow in on one piece of advice, best piece of advice for coaches to get their foot in the door or move up or just grow in the industry, what would that piece of advice be? Well, you know, the biggest advice I said is associate yourself with people that are, are successful and that, you know, you get with these people and find out what they're doing to be successful. So it helps you become more successful. And I mean, even do it for free, meaning if you got to go work their camp, if you got to if you got to just uh, do uh, voluntary work for them, uh, do that because it, it'll move you in a ladder that you've never uh, been able to to move in. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's perfect. Great stuff. Yeah, yeah. Treat yourself like an investment. Sometimes, yes, yes, you know? yes. Yeah. Well, coach, I before Doug closes, I just want to say thank you, man. This is this has been absolute gold. Um, I've always you know enjoyed the chances I've had to be around you. Uh, obviously, respected not just your coaching ability, but just who you are as a person for the longest time. And and uh, more than anything, just thankful that, you know, we've been able to maintain our friendship. Oh, yes, uh, definitely. So, uh, definitely. you know, that, that, that I just wanted to, to tell you that. So, uh, uh, again, this has been absolute gold, man. And just thank you so much for, for getting on here because, you know, we, we try to do three things with the rising coaches, educate, inspire, and challenge. Right. You know, regardless of level, we don't care, male, female, we don't care. We just right. want to put out something that's not going to just individually help coaches advance and move forward but we want to raise the profession i got you I regardless got you. of level let's make the profession better with this little window you know, uh, that that we have so um, let me mention this one last thing to you yeah i i got this book coming out but i'm on i'm working on my third one <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to really help coaches add to the list because and, and i and i the title i have for it i haven't done anything with it yet the title I had with is titled um, "Leaders Are Born If Not Discovered," mm. and and what I'm gonna do with it is I'm gonna talk about 
leadership. Mm. Because in, in our world today, you know, the big question, because I remember I read a book from E.I. Akoka that talked about where, has, where have all the leaders gone? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in our society, we have lost that, yeah, you know, sure. moving forward. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to identify uh, the different uh, leadership styles and I'm going to talk about it. So mm-hmm. as a coach, when you go into this, you got to decide what you want to do, but you need to know them all because you because you may be affected by one of them or you may come in contact with that situation. Right. That right. as a leader, you got to be able to work yourself through it. Yeah. No, I love it. Can't wait for that one. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to keep us updated on the uh, on well on the one coming out, but then obviously this one as well. Because I've I've been putting. Well, let me ask you a question. Did you ever get the first one? Did you ever see the first one? I did not read the first one. I'll be honest. What about you? I think you. uh, I think you sent me. I can't remember if you sent me a copy or had said you were gonna send a copy. I can't remember. Well, if you just send me your addresses, I can get you a copy of it, so you can get understanding what I'm writing about. Okay, I'll start. I'll, I'll, I'll I'll create a little chat with me, you, and Doug. When we get off of here and and Doug, that way you'll have coaches info coach. You'll have Doug's info. Right. And we can, you know, continue to to, uh, you know, just stay in touch that way. And then when this gets to the point, we've got we've got several in the can still waiting to be dropped. We drop these twice a week. But when when it comes time to yours getting close to to putting out, we'll give you about a week's notice. Okay, that that way you, you can kind of distribute it however you like as well. Well, I just did a, I just, it wasn't a podcast, but I, I did a, uh, well, you want to say a, a workshop for fellowship of Christian athletes. Talking mm-hmm. about, yeah. So now I get it. Well, awesome coach. Yeah. I'll give us a, a quick sign off and then we'll take it from there. But again, coach waters, thank you very much for, for sharing everything with us. Um, and obviously, you know, just teaching everything really just informing everybody of everything that you've been through. I know you have a lot of experiences. I'm sure we can have even another opportunity to be able to go over those at some point. But (laughs) from us here at Rising Coaches, you got Doug Caputo, Alan Major signing off. Keep working and keep rising, coaches. Take care. Prepare your team for success this season with our friends at Dr. Dish Basketball, the official number one selling shooting machine in basketball. If you're looking to transform and focus your team's training efforts, all you have to do is mention Rising Coaches or tell them we sent you with the Rising Coaches podcast. For an additional $300 off, select Dr. Dish Shooting Machines. I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in with us this episode. If you are not a member, want more content, or even be a potential member on our member spotlight to have your story heard, go visit risingcoaches.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Rising Coaches. And don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating, and review so we can continue to keep rising together.